There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times Center Pointer Institute. On this podcast, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses your stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm a former enterprise editor at The Times. Today's topic, the truth is flexible. So for those who haven't read this story yet, this one is about panhandling. Lane basically takes readers to street corners in St. Petersburg, Florida, and we get to meet the men and women who spend their days with cardboard messages trying to get us to fork over money. Um, you know, when you read this story, I mean, I worked with I worked with Lane for for several years in two different newsrooms, so it's such a Lane story to me. <laughs> it's like talking to people that the rest of us would not want to spend time talking to, but there she went. So anyway, I had to start by asking you, okay, what inspired you to go do this, Lane? So this was like the Great Recession summer, right? It was two thousand and nine, and there were panhandlers everywhere on corners that you didn't normally see people panhandling and people of like every age, every race, every walk of life seemed to be out there. And the city councils were all debating, like, should they ban panhandling? Should they arrest people for panhandling? Well, okay. Some of the panhandlers kind of wanted to be arrested because then they put them in jail and there's air conditioning in jail and three squares a day. And so that wasn't really going to solve the problem, like to fill up the jails with panhandlers. And you know, around the newsroom when people would talk about it and around my groups of friends and stuff, half the people were like, oh my God, those poor people, you know, that could be me, but for the grace of God. And the other half of people were like, screw those people, they're not working, I'm not giving them money, you know, and so it seemed like a very um, controversial topic. And a lot of the- Polarizing. Newsroom, <laughs> polarizing, exactly, polarizing topic. And, you know, I always read their signs and some of them were so outlandish. You couldn't help but going like BS, calling BS on everybody. But I was like, it almost didn't matter, you know, if the story was true. It was like how they were marketing themselves and like trying to get you to care about them. So we had done a million stories about the politicians, view on panhandlers, the police, view on panhandlers, motorists, view on the panhandlers you know, websites and next door neighbors complaining about the panhandlers. And I was like, I just gonna go be one for a day. <laughs> so that my editor Mike was like, well, you're gonna have to be, you know, you can't go out and do it. You can't just go pretend you're a panhandler like and, and fake that out. And I was like, well, what if I did like a dirty job? So, you know, like a how to be a panhandler. And so I really was kind of channeling Mike Rowe, my wonderful journalist icon and thinking, I'll go, I'm not going to do it with them, but I'm going to go watch them do it every day. Now, unfortunately for me and the photographer, it was like July and it was hot as big Jesus. And so we're out there from like eight in the morning until eight at night. And the editor wanted us to get, you know, get some geographical diversity. So we'd spend like the morning in St. Pete and then the afternoon in Clearwater and then drive another hour up to the north of Tampa and like try out all these different street corners to get a geographical diversity, which didn't make all that difference because all their stories were kind of the same. But 
that's that's how it came about. And so you you guys were covering the issue of panhandling, but people ha- actually hadn't talked to the panhandlers themselves. Correct. Okay. So but when we do those stakeholder things, that was yeah. I was just I was just going to say so those lessons and sort of taking a topic and trying to figure out you know what's where the story is ideas are is looking for those people who haven't been covered yet or you know who have a story to tell. Well, and obviously these guys are at the heart of the issue there, but. So um, how do you get these people to talk to you, Lane? Because you're like, okay, you're, you know, this middle-class reporter coming to stand on a street corner with them. And like, why, why would I bear my soul to you? Why would I tell you my secrets? Yeah, I think I thought about that a lot, you know, and I thought about like strategically or rhetorically, how do I get them to talk to me without feeling like I'm talking down to them some way, right? Mm-hmm. And and I also, from years of covering like homeless people and people on the streets, I knew a lot of them were going to be addicted or in mental crises. And a lot of them just wanted to give you some BS long story. So I was like, all right, I'm going to preempt that <laughs> from the beginning and save myself some time and heartache. If they seem like they're in crisis, like mentally or on drugs, like, and, and can't really focus, I'm not going to talk to them. You know, I'm going to You go saw some of that. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, we saw yeah, plenty but- of that. Obviously, the people who made it into the story, you know, they they were more on the ball than that. But you saw people who were struggling, and okay, I just decided, made a conscious decision. We're not going to to go there. Yeah, and and actually, to go during the the, the rush hour times, which is when it was the busiest. So the morning and the evening, but like not late at night or not on a weekend when people were out partying and stuff like that. You know, we wanted people who were semi sober who could talk to us and. Um, who would give us their full names, you know, because we did go and background everybody um, just to make sure they weren't wanted for murder or something like that, you know. Um, but I also, from the beginning, didn't want to really know their whole background about how they got to that point. I wanted to know why were they, why were you there that day? You know, when did you get out of the jail? How long have you been homeless? Where did you stay last night? But my biggest, I think that the best I don't even know how we came up with the question, the photographer and I came up with the question of like, how do you do it? Like explain how you do it. And and all of a sudden it was, we want their help. You know, like we're one of them. We're not outsiders anymore. We're like the new guy on the corner who's like, hey, senior in high school who can show us the ropes. You know, if I was to come out here for the first time, what would I need to bring? What would I need to dress like? What would I need to know? And they were all so happy because they felt like, they had wisdom to give, you know, they figured this shit out and uh, they had different tactics. They had different things that got them excited or that pissed them off. But um, I think they really did in a weird way want to help. Like not that they thought I was going to go out there and, and fly a sign, but that they wanted to explain like almost like they were trying to legitimize this, this, they were good at it. And there was an art. I think one of them even said it's an art, you know? So it wasn't like um, they didn't feel like you were challenging them or kind of attacking them for what they were doing. Um, Cause I could see that. I, did, I mean, I figured some people must've turned you down. Probably. Didn't. Oh yeah. 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 Lots of people turned us down and, and even more people said, sure, we'll talk to you, but we don't want to give you my name or we're not going to give you my real name, you know? And so that definitely like funneled down who we could and couldn't use. It, can, it helped us give a, a bigger overview because so many people had similar stories and backgrounds, but you know, we, we probably quoted a 10th of the people we tried to talk to, you know. So you were out there for like 12 hours, different places, but 12 hours. 
with breaks, but yeah. With breaks, yeah. And, and we did like, I think we did three different days out there. So um, were they surprised that a reporter was asking questions? I mean, I imagine they don't get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, you know, I could tell they wanted to tell me some lies. And so when I told them I needed to back on them and check out their names, some of them slowed down a little bit, you know, they were surprised we weren't going to hang out there for a while because we were out there for an hour or two at a time. It wasn't just like get a quote and leave. And they were like, are you still here? Hey, can you get us a Slurpee? You know, <laughs> they, they wanted us to to buy them stuff and give them money, which we said right away we couldn't do. Um, but I also said, hey, you guys are on this corner every morning I see you on my way to work. So if I write where you fly your sign and they want to give you something, they're going to know where to find you, you know? So that was a weird dance, you know? Um, so you, the, the approach that you guys settled on as you're out there with them, which is basically tell us how you do it, is also the way you wrote it, which I thought, I mean, I am not a big fan of the second person. It normally, I, I, if I see it, I'm always a little skeptical of whether that somebody should use it. But here it felt, it felt brilliant, actually. It was like, it's like suddenly I'm drawn into this story about people that I might not normally really be that intrigued about. But the but the way you approached it and you start giving me pointers on how to be a panhandler. I mean, so how did you settle on that? Did that inspiration come to you from being out there? Or that just the way that you were interviewing everybody? News you can use, baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> panhandling 101. Like panhandling for dummies, dirty jobs. You know, I was thinking about those constructs. But I also always in the back of my head have my mother who is not sympathetic to those people. And I'm thinking, okay. Those people. <laughs> any Anybody who is downtrodden and asking for help, you know, is, is suspect to a lot of our readership. I realize that. Um, or as not, as not sympathetic, at least. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about, like, if I do first person, like, word of God, I'm presenting these people to the readers. If I do third person, I'm almost, like, narrating something that's, like, I don't know, like a Dickinsonian tale that I like, have to ask about. So if I can say, here's how you do it, like William Thackeray, like you, dear reader, come along. And I, I think it's um, a way to make the readers connect without having to offer sympathy, if that makes sense. Right, right. It's, it's not saying whether it's good or bad. It's like how it works. Or judgment. I guess in a way, that's that's the nice balance you hit because it wasn't like you're not trying to to take them down or or to say they're good or bad. It's just like, okay, they're here. And this is this is the system that they use to operate. I, I mean, I don't know if you were thinking about that purposefully, but it that's what it felt like. I'm thinking about other, you know, second person stories I've done and then I've read. And I think the other one that comes to mind for me was the the rodeo guy who carried the the flag. And both the those Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Guys and the panhandlers were in worlds that are very alien to me. 
And, and I think very alien to most of our readers couldn't imagine being riding in a rodeo or like panhandling on a corner. So if you use the second person you, you're kind of forcing readers to, to be in that spot, you know? And the photographer and I also got such a kick out of like not having to call these people on their lies and not even having to really say to the readers, like, are they telling the truth or not? Because they, they just blatantly lied outright. You know, the one guy was in Vietnam, but then he said, simplify, like he was a Marine. You know, he, he said he was in the Navy, the Air Force, that he was a Marine. You know, one guy had God on one side of a beer, a, a board and beer on the other side. So they, they set themselves up for anything the readers would have brought to it being like, this is total BS. They were like, yeah, it is. Well, no, it's rhetoric, you know, it's salesman showmanship. It's, it's P.T. Barnum, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down the one, so the, the Roderick who tells you, a lot of people out here aren't sincere. Um, and then you you had written, he's the quote, disabled, unquote, ex-con. And it almost sounds like he's, you know, like he really thinks they aren't scamming. Um, but, you know, that I, I think that's sort of some of the fun of the story. It's like, you really don't know whether they're trying to put you on or whether they really believe what they're selling. And maybe they need to believe it a little bit to be able to convince people to fork over some money. Right. And uh, in the end, does it really matter? I guess, you know, like almost everybody, we asked every single person, have you been in jail? And almost every person admitted yes. So then we could look them up and see if anything they did was really egregious and nothing really was, you know what I mean? So they're lying about being in a wheelchair when they're not in a wheelchair, but it was also kind of like a, I mean, as much as it was like, don't judge these people, it was also like, hey, motorists, you know, buyer beware, you know what I mean? Like, if you're one of those doubting Thomases from the beginning, you're onto something here, you know? So I, I think it served both purposes without wagging the finger. I hope it did, at least. Do you ever feel uncomfortable there when you're interviewing people who are kind of on society's margins and like people that let's let's face it, a lot of us middle class folks would not necessarily want to interact with for whatever reason. You know, if they're down on their luck, they're not showering, they're not um, uh, maybe they have mental issues. Do you do, have I don't know if you felt uncomfortable in this circumstance or you've ever felt uncomfortable when you were dealing with folks who, um, you know, kind of living on the edge? I, I feel uncomfortable when I think they're in some kind of mental crisis and maybe don't understand who they're talking to or what they're saying or why or what I'm going to do with it, you know, not that they're not offering me the truth, which maybe they aren't even able to, but that in some way I might be exploiting them or taking advantage of them or misrepresenting them at a certain point in time, you know, I try to be um, really aware of what people's motivations are, you know, what do they want from me, what do they want out of the story, what do they hope that our readers are, will connect with or understand. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's just to not judge. Like no one's asked me my side of the story. But then other times it's like, maybe we could use some help. You know, if someone wants to send some money to the guy under the bridge, <laughs> I'd love some help under the bridge. Um, so no, I kind of feel like, like I'm not maybe in, maybe if you ask my husband, I'm not in a bad way worried or afraid about people that maybe I, I should or would or could be. But I feel like I kind of have a, obligation but the honor of getting to share stories of people that other people might not talk to like we talk about people in the shadows a lot like I'm if I'm not worried about going there then I'm a good person to be able to to share what they're going through right like I, I hope so at least did you feel like you met anyone who was you know genuinely in need like 
or did it feel like 90, 95% of these people were just happy not to work at Burger King? I mean, <laughs> the, the one old African-American vet um, who genuinely limped and tried to push the, the wheelchair, I actually seen him for years on the corner on the way to work. So he wasn't like a newcomer recession person. He wasn't like a 30 something year old person. He, he probably was a vet. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody in that his generation seemed to be some kind of a vet, but he was the one who I really felt like had someone should be helping him. You know, he's all by himself out there. He doesn't have a partner. He, you know, he didn't have a good gimmick or anything. And um, I, I think sometimes reporting these stories, and you probably know this from working with me too. And John, John Pendergraf was a photographer. So you get involved in people's lives and you know that $5 would make a really big difference. You know, a ride to the grocery store would make a difference and you can't. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part is, is having to explain and live with this guilt of like, it would not cost anything for me to get you a hotel room for tonight so you could take a shower. I would love to do that for you, but I can't get involved, you know? And that's, that's the really hard part of those stories for me. Yeah, and I, I know there's there's circumstances where, you know, you'd like to give somebody a ride, or yeah, just give them one meal, or um, and uh, I would assume most of the people who listen to our podcast are journalists, so they understand the lines that we draw there. You know, which is just that we we're there to cover something, we're not there to influence it or change it. Um, but I'm sure there have been moments where you've thought after the story ran, boy, I wish I could go back and help. You know. Absolutely. Or even when I'm reporting, that's when I really have to check myself and go, okay, Lane, stop. Look at your badge. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, remind yourself of who you are because the human part's hard to turn off, you know? Yeah. I assume you didn't flag down people who gave them money because it really wasn't about the people who were giving money, but, that, but, but did you, or did you talk to any of the donors um, at all? think we got any names I got like I think there were some descriptions they're like the, you know the soccer mom in the BMW or the old dude in the beater yeah. car with the scraggly beard but I didn't most of them were at an intersection you know so there was just a fleeting moment before they like right. drove on to the next spot so did you get a lot of weird looks from the drivers like like what the heck are you guys doing? Yeah, I think John more than me, like the guy with the camera more than the, the lady with the notebook, you know, but we were dying. We were like, we were dressed like homeless people. <laughs> like it was so hot out there. You know, we kind of stripped down to like flip flops and t-shirts and whatever gym shorts we could stand because it was hot, 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 hot out there. Yeah. And uh, It's not an easy job. <laughs> But, it, but we were like, you know, that was another thing that you, every time we were like ready to run back to the air conditioning of the car and take a shower, we were like, well, most of them aren't running back to an air conditioning car or a shower. You know what I mean? So shut the fuck up late and stop complaining. <laughs> Do your damn job. <laughs> did they realize all the debate that was going on about them? Yeah. They because did. they were getting yelled at as much as they were getting people giving them more money. You know, it, they had very much a dichotomy of people who were giving them the finger and screaming at them and honking at them as people who were like, here's a sandwich, you know, which also they don't want. They don't want food. They want money. Right. Right. <laughs> but if you're hungry. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have, what was the reaction from readers when the story ran? Was it pretty much like the people who were convinced they were, you know, bad? Um, 
found found their justification? I think we had equal amount of response. I think the um the more surprising was from some of the higher up editors who didn't think they would like something like that and were like, oh my God, that was a really interesting way to look at this issue. You know, like people I don't usually hear from about feature stories, you know, like I think appreciated that perspective on this issue. We've been been in our pages for a long time. It just resonates on so many issues over the years where I felt like, you know, you as a newsroom, you might be covering something that affects some real people and we and yet we never get to the real people. We're we're writing about it on this 3000 foot level and not, um, you know, how's it really actually going to affect the people down there who are dealing with it? I mean, this to me is a very Lane to Gregory story because it like it's like not the lot the thing that a lot of reporters would want to go to. <laughs> But it's so gratifying, right? I mean, isn't that one of the whole reasons I wanted to do this was give a voice to the voiceless people, you know? And and the other side of the incredulity that is, hey, it's annoying as anything to be like, have your window knock on and ask, get people to ask you for money when you're on your way to work in the morning, you know what I mean? Right. But on the other hand, how dare the police or the city council or whoever say that I'm not allowed to give $5 to a dude who wants a cup of coffee and a pack of cigarettes, you know, how dare they stop people from being generous. So I see both sides, you know. Well, and I like, I mean, I, you know, they didn't come across like, you know, heaven's angels or anything. People can get into those caricatures, right? If like, if, if they're panhandling out there, they're, they must be schemers or they must be, um, you know, or maybe they are people who are really down on their luck, but I, but I'm glad yeah. that it didn't, yeah, that it, it, it read more like, okay, yeah, they're, they're actually entrepreneurs of a sort, <laughs> some of them. It felt kind of like griftery, you know, like they, yeah. they've got a shtick, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can find a link to this story with this podcast, and you can also find a copy in Lane's book, The Girl in the Window and Other True Tales. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find other episodes on pointer.org forward slash right lane. And please join our Facebook group. This podcast was produced by Jesse Lauk. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.